Welcome to the QAV podcast. If you're brand new, I just want to introduce the podcast a little bit so you know what you're getting yourself into. If you've listened to the show before, feel free to just fast forward a minute or two. If you're brand new, here's the deal. Uh, my name's Cameron Riley. Tony Kynaston is an old friend of mine. He's a very successful share market investor. I'm talking very, very, very successful. He's been doing it 30 years. He's one of the best in the country in terms of a private investor. Very good uh, track record over 30 years. And what this podcast is about is Tony basically teaches me everything that he knows about investing in the stock market. And you get to listen. But if you're coming into this for the first time, you'll find that this episode, the current episodes, assume a certain level of prior knowledge. We assume that you know what we're talking about, his system, his methodology, which we explain in earlier episodes. So feel free to listen if you want to get the vibe for what's going on, but some of it's not going to make much sense unless you understand what the checklist is, etc. I recommend if you're brand new, you go back and listen to uh, Season 3, Episode 1, Episode 3 and Episode 5, where we go into Tony's background and his system and his methodology in a lot more detail. And then feel free to listen to the contemporary episodes, the current episodes, you'll understand more of the context of what we're talking about. With that, let's get into today's show. Freddy, Freddy, ready, steady, go. Welcome back to QAV TK episode four oh five, recorded Monday the eighth of February twenty twenty one. How's your week been? Good, yeah, lovely. Back in Sydney now. Good. I just finished watching the Super Bowl with an American friend of mine. Good fun. A tradition we used to get into in Toronto. Oh, okay. Well, I would. When it was Sunday night. <laughs> I could pretend that I give a shit, but I'm not going to. In this case, <laughs> not going to ask you any questions because it would be all meaningless to me. <laughs> Let's talk about uh, GME and AMC. Uh, funnily enough. The pump and dump. Yeah, well, surprising, I think, uh, to, to most people, and I'm sure you'll be surprised by this, didn't work out well for the uh, Redditors <laughs> that were investing in GME. Oh, dear. Did we find out yet whether the guy, the deep effing value guy, made money or not? Look, I uh, stopped paying attention <laughs> last <Yeah>. week, so <laughs> I don't know. No, I don't know what's going on. Uh, I, I do know that the guy who started... Wall Street bets uh, the subreddit, and uh, I think uh, left it, but uh, he started it way a few years ago. He's uh, his life story's been picked up by Hollywood. They're making a movie about it. You're uh, kidding? Yeah, well, maybe they'll make a movie about QAV one day, Tony. Uh, who would you want to play you in uh, <laughs> the QAV movie? <laughs> who would play a good I Tony Kynaston? Do you think? I, I think you oh, know if he wasn't. Always, yeah. Yeah. Are we going to say the same person? I don't know. I was going oh, with Philip, oh, oh. Philip Seymour Hoffman, but he's dead. Oh, that would be a great one. Yeah. I was going to say Peter Ustinov, but I think he's dead too. <laughs> he's very, <laughs> he's even better than Philip I Seymour Hoffman. I saw him once. He was fantastic. You saw oh, him? He, yeah, he came, he did a, a tour uh, when I was just moved to Melbourne and I saw him live and it was just the ultimate raconteur. I mean, he probably told the same story every night, but it was fantastic. 
Uh, yeah, so the GME uh, AMC short squeeze thing, it's been fascinating uh, just to stay in the forums and read <laughs> the people that are still holding on, the ones oh, that have no. jumped out, uh, the people who still believe that uh, Mark Cuban or Elon Musk is going to come in and uh, rescue them somehow. <laughs> uh, but, but, you know, you've got to feel sorry for the millions of punters who – jumped in midway through that crazy week and invested their, well, I was going to say hard-earned cash, but I think some of it was uh, US COVID stimulus check money, into it oh, man. Uh, to see it just You know, uh, I, I struggle to feel sorry for them. I don't feel sorry for them. <laughs> That's why you're the Iceman. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm compassionate to most people, but, yeah, this was just mania, just craze, gr- greed. Greed squared. But Buffett tells us to be greedy when other people are fearful, Tony. Mm-hmm. And who was fearful in this case? Us? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> all right. We should, yeah, we should jump into GME now, should we, after all the <laughs> Yeah, well, maybe people. that's yeah. the time. You know, I, um, I uh, quoted Buffett. I, I, I was watching a Howard Marks video over the last week from um, his pre-capitulation stage, so November, uh, a couple of months ago, <laughs> um, <laughs> and uh, he, he was uh, doing an interview with the uh, some guy at Wharton, uh, I think the Wharton finance professor, and he quoted Buffett: "The less, the less the prudence with which others conduct their aff- this is very highfalutin for a Buffett quote. Mm. The less the prudence with which others conduct their affairs, the greater the prudence with which we must conduct our own." Mm. So be fearful when others are be, well, be fearful when others are greedy and greedy when others are fearful. Others are fearful, <laughs> and when others are doing stupid shit, we should be really cautious. Yep, exactly. Mm. My just just as a side note, one of my nephews contacted me during the week asking how to get into the stock market. Said our intern. <clears throat> no, no, a different one. Oh. Different one. Yeah. And I'm like, weren't you saving to buy a house? Oh, yeah, yeah, Uncle Tony, yeah, yeah, I'll do that. But I want to get to the share market. I'm like, save for your house, mate. Just keep keep saving for your house. This is just like almost every week I, I just tick up another thing on the chalkboard of reasons to be thinking we're back in the dot-com bubble again. Yeah, signs of uh, a bubble. Yeah, signs of mania. Signs of mania. Uh, well, speaking of mania, uh, something that happened during the week, the UK government announced that they're going to start regulating buy now, pay later stocks in the UK. It's about time. But nothing seems to have happened here as a result. <laughs> I mean, I think we uh, we were laughing about this last week, going, "Oh, wait to see what happens to afterpay stock now." Nah, nothing went up. Nothing <laughs> went up. Everyone's like, "Oh, it'll never happen here." We're through the looking glass. Well, they had a review over here. ASIC, I don't know, maybe three or four months ago, cleared them of any sort of need for uh, normal credit policy regulation, which I just couldn't believe. I mean, here's the pub test, right? If you take goods and you don't pay for them, you've either stolen them or you've got them on credit, right? They are a credit provider. But ASIC said, no, 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 there's no interest charge going on, so they're not a credit provider. Therefore, you don't have to do any sort of credit check on them. You don't have to make sure they can pay the money back. You know, 
you, you don't have to. They, they even well, the last time there was an ASIC review of them, they put in the barest requirements, like you got to make sure they're at least eighteen because. Kids were taking out afterpay accounts and then buying booze from Dan Murphy's, <laughs> you know, without being uh, any sort of check on their age at all. So, mm. like, it's just it is the wild west, and it shouldn't be. It's a credit provider. If you take the goods and you haven't paid for them, you've either stolen them or they're on credit. It's different to what lay-by used to be. They keep saying it. This is just lay-by in the digital age, but. You know, you used to pay your equal instalments before Christmas, and when they were fully paid, you get the goods. You don't. You didn't walk in, take the goods home with you, and promise to pay four equal payments. You didn't get the goods until you'd paid. Well, this time it's different, Tony. And by the way, the lawyers yeah. for QAV would like to point out that when Tony says they're a credit provider, that's his opinion, not the opinion of the show. And uh, we're, uh, this is not financial advice. I don't know. <laughs> Disclaimer. I'm not sure. I'm not sure it's any sort of um, legal problem with saying that they're a credit provider. I'm just being careful, anyway, you know. Uh, be careful. No, I be, like, I like be careful, careful, Cam. Paul, Paul, yeah. Paul has told us, be careful. You know, yes. me, I'm Mr. Careful. I never say anything <laughs> that could potentially get me in. <laughs> Mr. Careful who just threw his wife out of the plane <laughs> yesterday. <laughs> well, yeah. yeah well, uh, right. It's pretty careful. It worked. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I did think, <laughs> oh, God, if she dies. I'm aiming it for the beach. What's the problem? Yeah. It's a soft landing. <laughs> well, there was water nearby. I mean, she could have, yeah. you know, any problems, you just hit the water. <laughs> Nothing could go wrong there. Uh, yes, so the uh, UK government has concluded the market should be brought under regulation as a matter of urgency as mm. there was significant potential for consumer harm. The Treasury said interest-free BNPL agreements will now be regulated by the FCA. That It means that providers will need to undertake affordability checks before lending and ensure that customers are treated fairly, especially those who are vulnerable and struggling with repayments. Anyway. Yeah, that's what should happen. Mm. I suspect, I don't have any evidence for this, but I suspect what's happening is someone wants to buy something, so they go and put it on um, buy now, pay later plan with comp- company A, and so they've got four equal instalments there. Then they want to buy something else. And so they go they go and visit buy now pay later company B and put four equal instalments on there. And it just becomes a round robin of of forward, you know, buying things forward and without being able to pay for them. Once you've done that maybe four times, and there are four or five providers in the market, you're stuffed. You're always on the treadmill of of paying someone back. Yeah, but and that's you, exactly what happens with credit card. People get into problems with their credit cards. They take out another credit card. Yeah, but you're looking at it. <laughs> you're looking at it the wrong way, Tony. See, what happens is if these people rack up debts they can't pay, um, afterpay, then sells those to Credit Corp. Credit Corp's share right. price goes up, and my oh. portfolio benefits from that. So I'm all for this. I, I'm you're coming right, at it from the back end. <laughs> Credit Corp uh, is up 75%, 78%. Oh, my spreadsheet just updated since I bought it in <laughs> September. So, uh, yeah, I wonder how much of that uptick is afterpay debt mm. collection that they're doing. Could be some, yeah. Uh, image resources, well, on the other go. hand, this is, is, this is called This is called hedging. we got, hedging. We got the market covered no matter what happens. <laughs> No, we don't. We're not buying afterpay. Uh, our old friend Roger Montgomery, uh, who, um, according to Stephen Mab, his uh, funds aren't doing too well. Sent us an email about mm-hmm. that today. Um, he wrote an article uh, last week, 
saying that in his esteemed opinion, uh, as it stands today, the Australian stock market is uh, not in a bubble. And to, 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 to work this out, he's doing some hocus-pocus magic where he's comparing <laughs> it to Australian 10-year bonds. I don't know. Yeah. Did, did you read this? Did you understand it? I, I did. didn't. It went over my head. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, and, and thanks to, for Doug, I think, for sharing Doug. this with us as well. Thank you, Doug. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, uh, one, you know, quick and dirty measure of whether the stock market is overvalued is to take the yield on long-term bond rates and invert it. So by inverted, I mean, you know, divide it into the, um, into a hundred to get the PE of what the stock market should be trading at. Because the, the, the PE is basically the inverse of the earnings yield for the stock market. And so generally what, um, what the calculation is, you take the long-term bond rate, you add the, the risk premium. And in Roger's case, he used 4%, but, um, I've always used 6 which is, I guess, a bit more conservative. So the long-term long-term bond rate, ten-year bonds in Australia are around one point one percent, something like that at the moment. So he he got to five point one, and then if you divide that into divide a hundred by five point one, you get a P of uh, just under twenty, which is uh, at the high end of average for the Australian share market, uh, but certainly not in uh, in bubble territory. But I think just a couple of comments I'd make on, on that when I read the, the article. That's for the overall Australian market. So if, if, you, if you think of the market as an average, the all the growth stocks, the buy now, pay laters and the tech stocks and the software as a service stocks and all the other various um, high PE companies uh, are inflating that PE. And so the rest of the market, your banks, your miners, your industrial companies are trading on a PE below um 20 and probably a long way below 20, given that most of the growth stocks are on P's of 100 or so. Um, so yes, I think if you, if you take out the growth stocks, which are on ridiculously high P's and are in a bubble, um, then the rest of the market is very, very uh, safe compared to, compared to its um, average long-term PE. The other comment I'd make is that uh, the US market, however, is, is on a much higher PE than 20. And if you look at the NASDAQ PE, it's in the 30s from memory. I think last time I looked at it. So it's very high as well, the high 30s. So, you know, the risk in the market is, is again, like it was in the late um, dot-com bubble. It's with the tech stocks and the growth stocks. And even though um, if if they come off, if they implode, that um, that may not affect the Australian market. It, it must to some extent. And, you know, we spoke last week about what happened after the dot-com bubble burst and there was probably a year or two of of flat to slight in, uh, growth uh, in the market, although I had a couple of good years because um, there was a rush to value and uh, the stocks I were holding went up quite well. Uh, in the in the years after the growth bubble burst, and this this just feels like that to me. So Roger's right in an average sense, but wrong I think in, in where the problems are, which is in the growth end of the market, and particularly in the US. And if uh, something happens to the sexy stock bubble here in Australia, or something happens to the US, uh, what happens to you know the rest of the market when people start jumping out of those things? Uh, yeah, and particularly these the market days when, in general. Well, I think it will. It, it didn't in the dot com bubble to a large extent, 
So, you know, the non-tech side of the market kind of went sideways for a couple of years. It might have gone down slightly in 2000, back again in like by 4 or 5% in 2001. I can't recall the exact numbers, but that's my rec- recollection of it. Um, the growth side of the, sorry, the value side of the market did very well in the, in the year or two after the dot-com bubble burst. But I think, <laughs> funnily enough, this time is different because of, of index funds and ETFs. And that's one of the reasons why the afterpays of the world are going up and the Teslas in the US is because once they keep rising above the index hurdles, like the ASX 300, 200, 100, and now 20 for um, afterpay, all of the index funds have to buy them. They have to. It's their mandate. And so if they crashed, if afterpay went like, like it, like the companies did during the dot com bubble burst. If it drops by eighty percent, then those index funds, you know, are going to go down uh, as well. Uh, and people are going to, when they see their their uh, you know performance start to to drag, are going to take money out, which will just become a sort of self perpetuating uh, feedback loop for the market. And you know, my gut feel says that the indexes, when they start to have redemptions, will force the market down. Uh, and so that might drag the, mar- the market down, but it, it probably won't affect us too much. Like I don't think index funds are, hold much credit corp or um, some of the other smaller companies. Well, they won't hold some of the smaller companies that we have in our portfolio. Uh, and they, they, may well do, they may well do well. And I suspect gold miners will do well. So we've got some gold stocks in our portfolio. So yeah, um, I think the old saying is if America gets, uh, if America coughs, the rest of the world catches cold and there'll be an element of that. But, um, if we don't play in that growth space, I think we'll be okay going through it. I also wonder about how leveraged a lot of the uh, market is, uh, to buy these things. If they've, you know, got low interest rates, massive amount of leveraging, it's all going into mm. sexy growth stocks. If mm. those start to go backwards, uh, people are, I don't know, I don't know how that yep. market psychology works. But anyway, it's, it doesn't change anything we do, right? We just play day by Correct. day. Correct, yeah. And as um, I think it was, might have even been in the Roger Montgomery article, trying to tell him when that bubble burst is very hard because, you know, I think I, I could have this wrong. I think it was him. He was saying that, you know, a, a year before the bubble burst, he went to cash, but then the market went up another 180% <laughs> in that finals leg up. And mm-hmm. um, so he missed out on that. So, yeah, trying to time the market is, is a fool's game. We just stick to our knitting, stick mm. to our system. Mm. Mm. Stick to the system. Thank you to all of the people who emailed us after last week's show that to say that uh, commodity prices are now available in Stock Doctor. Apparently there was an update a few months ago and you can find them in advanced charting. Yeah, so I I wasn't aware of that, so thank you. So if people want to know where it is, they go to the homepage and on the right-hand side of the the homepage, there's a a tab called, well, not a tab, sorry, a part of the screen called Markets. Yeah, if you look at the the top tabs, there's A-U-U-S-E-U-A-S-F-U-T and then... CMD, which I think is commodities, if you click on that one. Uh, yeah, there it is. Gold spot yeah. price. Mm. Gold, oil, iron ore, and copper. Hmm. Handy. Hmm. Yeah. Good work, Eddie and everybody else who emailed us. Um, uh, from now on, I'll give a prize out to uh, the first person who emails us to tell us that we made a mistake. Uh, you get... Um, the coffee mug. Free parachute jump? <laughs> <laughs> Hell no. God, cost a fortune, those things. Um, jolly good. Uh, you, sh- you sure we can fund that? We might go broke. 
the coffee mug or the <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, mistakes. the mistakes. Yeah, that's only the first person. Uh, speaking of uh, stock, doctor, I was talking to them today, just a regular catch up. Um, they're, they're like uh, liking us more and more as time goes on. I think uh, they did ask me to remind everyone: if you sign up to Stock Doctor as a result of listening to our show, to put give them my name as the referral because they want to track how many people come from uh, listening to our show. So uh, that, that way we can get a better group discount maybe in the future. It also you know, makes them treat us a little bit more nicely. Uh, <laughs> we still haven't got Tim Lincoln on the show, but uh, one day. Who knows? Mm. So um, just uh, try and remember that if you do sign up. Or if you have signed up for Stock Doctor in the last few months as a result of listening to us, uh, shoot them an email and go, hey, just can you connect my account up and let them know you came from Cameron Riley slash QAV. Uh, it was nice when I rang them today. They just straight the guy answered the phone. He went, "Hi, Cameron, how are you?" I was like, "Oh, <laughs> all right, that's what I'm talking about." As opposed to Facebook, that I had to basically uh, break a pool cue over my knee and threaten to stab them in the eye with it if they didn't restore my account before they took me seriously uh, last oh, week. Goodness. Great way to treat customers, isn't it? Uh, yeah, victims. Um, victims. All right. Yeah. Moving on, uh, you want to talk about journal entries from last week, stock of the week? Yeah, so I've got two, uh, Nick Scarley, NCK, and Virgin UK, VUK. And the reason I have two, so VUK has um, came in at the top of our buy list after the last download, and there were quite a few changes in that last download, so people might want to refer to the, the journal, the stock journal from the end of last week. Uh, so la- end of last week, I started to see that the uh, Credit Corp numbers were in Stock Doctor, Virgin UK were in, uh, a lot of the um, LICs were in. So I did a download and uh, unfortunately, Credit Corp, because of its share price rise, has dropped off our buy list, even though I'm not selling mine. Uh, it'll, I think it'll keep going up and up. Uh, Virgin UK came out as the top stock on the, the buy list, but you have to fudge the graph to, to get it there. And as one of our listeners pointed out a couple of weeks ago, if we're going to fudge some graphs like Eclipse, why don't we fudge Virgin UK? And I I couldn't really argue with that. So Virgin UK is on our list, but bear in mind it's a fudge in terms of its three-point byline. Uh, And um, Nick Scarley isn't, though. It's it's, uh, come onto our list and it's uh, going up and up as well since the COVID cough. And has now gone above its its byline without um, fudging. Can we so fit? Can yep. we talk about that chart? Can you uh, bring it Which up? Which one? Scarly. We Nick, did Virgin Nick UK Scarly, yep. uh, a couple of weeks ago. Uh, let's okay. do the chart, the, the Scarly chart. The Scarly chart. NCK. Yeah, yeah sure. Mm. So, uh, what, what do you take as the first high point here? Are you going right back to twenty seventeen? Well, I'm I'm looking for. The last, the last high point before the last sell, I guess is how I'd term it. So I'm using September 2019. You got that? Yeah, so I'm just trying to process what you said. The last high point before the last sell. Yeah. And so, so the last looking, sell would have been after COVID. The last sell would have been during COVID, yeah. And so I'm looking for – you could use a high point – well, you could use a high point after COVID. I guess that would be right. But um, so I'm going to use – the co- the byline before that last sell line because the sell line follows the byline. 
So let's do so the cell line pre like that that would have triggered a cell during COVID. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, my chart only goes back to 2016 here, but the low point seems to be uh, you know um, April May 2016. April 2016, yeah. And then and- um, drawing it through like 2019. Yeah, January 2019. Okay, so we would have sold during the COVID cough. Yeah, then you sold in March 2020. And then looking, if we don't, if we sort of stop the graph there and we look for when the buy buy line would happen, mm-hmm. we would go back then to the high point prior to that sell, mm-hmm. which is going to be September 2019, mm-hmm. price of 750. And the second high point is February 2020. Mm-hmm. Price of seven fifteen, so it's mm-hmm. going to be a buy somewhere in that sort of June, seven dollar range. Around June, yeah. July, yeah, yeah, okay. July twenty twenty. Yep. Right. The trickier one is probably the the current sell line, though. Looking at this, because we take the COVID cough as the low point, mm. and then um, again, if we if we sort of work forward from <laughs> that without knowing what's going to happen, the second low point would have been April the next month. So it becomes so, a Schrodinger. It's right. So it, it's immediately fell below that line, even though um, soon after that it was a buy. So it kind of like goes buy sell. So the line, the current line I'm using is that the the trough in October 2020. If you draw, so if you draw that, if you draw that line, that sell line, all the way through to the current date, it goes right off the top of the chart. Like it means the sell price yeah. would be like I don't know, twenty bucks. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Yeah. So it's never so, coming out of that. It's never going to be yeah, a buy. So, so what are you doing? So what I'm doing is, is, is again, just simply putting the ruler on the COVID cough in March mm-hmm. and then rotating it to the right, looking for the other next point that touches the ruler, which is in November 2020. Mm-hmm. And so that's that's now the base, I guess, of the, of the share graph going up. Mm. Yeah. And okay. so... Our sell line goes through those two points, and it's it's below the current share price. It's going to be not much below it. It's going to be around sort of eleven dollars, I think. Just looking at it, the by, sell by the, 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 sell, the price. sell price, yeah, yeah. And it's currently yep. eleven thirty two, so it's just above that. Yeah. Yep. So that's I mean that's two points there that we need to just kind of go back over. The one is that if you if you're not sure of what the buy line is, look for the the sell line that preceded it. And then work out the next buy line following that. Um, and then the second point is that uh, we go to the following that we go to the lowest point, and then uh, just like we do with the the buy, well, I do with the buy lines, find the lowest point, put the ruler on the on the trend, and it's the next lowest point that touches the ruler is the um, allows you to draw the the trend line. Right. Okay. Well, that's a nice one. A little bit tricky. A little bit tricky, but it's a nice upward graph. I mean, if we think what we're trying to do here is to buy things that go from low left to high right on the stock price graph, this is mm. as good as it gets, really. Mm. And remind me uh, what they reported that makes them look so sexy. Uh, Nick Scarley is a furniture company, and um, like a lot of other homewares companies during COVID, they had a good year. Uh, people were staying home locked in and decided they needed new sofas and tables and beds and whatnot. Um, so that's that's pumped up his cash flows, and now when he re- re- um, reported his results last week, when I say he, one of the one of the Scarleys uh, is the founder 
share, large shareholder in Nick Scarly. I think it's Anthony Scarly from memory, but I couldn't have that wrong. Anyway, he said that he was now going to start look for acquisitions in the market and grow the company um, by acquiring. So he's pretty bullish about his uh, his future prospects. Uh, when uh, I just wonder, like, does he say this? Grand style, grand style, grand style. Where in Brunswick and Footstray, Franco Cozzo, have the pleasure to present to you Il Modernissimo, bedroom suites, dining room, and wonderful lounge. Why don't you come for yourself and have a look at this magnificent Il Modernissimo, only can found from Franco Cozzo. Oh, yeah. Yeah, if they really want to do well, they need to, you know, do the old Franco Cozzo ads, man. That, yeah. uh, that's the magic. That's where it's right at there. Yeah. Uh, if people haven't lived in Melbourne, he was uh, uh, on the TV all the time, wasn't he? In the 80s. With, with, yeah. Uh, yeah, with uh, stores in Footerscray. Footerscray of Brunswick. <laughs> 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 Somebody in YouTube said this should be on the Australian citizenship test. <laughs> grand sale, grand sale, grand sale. No, Nick's guy is a bit more upmarket than that. Oh. So, uh, yeah, mm-hmm. he does the subdued advertising. Right. You know, the soft lit mm. furniture. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. Mm-hmm. With uh, wacka wacka music in the background. <laughs> oh, a bit of Barry White. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay, anything else in the journal entries you want to talk about? There's a lot of them. I don't think we want to go through the whole thing. Any highlights? No, I, don't, I don't think so. Any other highlights? No, just Credit Corp came off, Nick Scarley comes on. The other point to make about a company like Nick Scarley, and I made this point about JB Hi-Fi and CBA, they come on to the bottom of our buy list. Um, they're quality, very good quality companies, and I don't know how long they'll last because uh, their prices are going up. Yeah. Yeah. So if you want to break the rule and buy from the bottom of the list, this is one of the companies you might consider. Mm, mm, mm. Jolly good. All right. Well, um, I did our uh, end of month report uh, for the QAV portfolio, uh, seeing as I couldn't get anything useful out of Nevexa <laughs> or ShareSite, I uh, did it myself. Uh, according to that, since inception, we're up 23.6% versus the All Ords total return index up 7.2% in that period. So that's uh, that's all right. End of month, that's we good. were yeah. – uh, end of month, though, we didn't – like for the month of January, we went backwards 1.86%. And the total return index went up 0.3%. So we uh, underperformed it by about 2%. Okay. That'll come back. So that's starting from, that's starting from when was it? September 2019, right? Yeah. So that's 23% in, what's that, uh, for 16 months. That's, that's pretty much bang on target, really, isn't it? Well, I don't know. What are you, what are you, isn't the target 20% a year? Yeah, so that's probably just slightly behind. So, but yeah, it's also double 20... the all lords and the all lords. Yeah, more than <laughs> took, double. Yeah. Took, well, took a beating. Yeah, over the last uh, year, and you know yeah. we we started at that at the beginning of that September nineteen period with twenty thousand two hundred nine. It grew, it grew, and then COVID hit, and it went back down to like sixteen thousand. The total value of the portfolio, and by March of twenty twenty, in the middle of the COVID cough, took us 
few months to get back to where we started at. So we really got back to zero around about July 2020. So that growth has mostly come, you know, since mm. then, last seven months. Mm. So it's pretty good for the last seven months. But if you take the whole period, obviously COVID just smacked everybody around. Yeah, but us less than most. That's good. Well, us less than the All Lords Total Return mm. Index. If we put all our money mm. in Afterpay, it would be very different. Yeah, except Afterpay dropped back to, what was it, seven bucks or something when um, COVID cough hit? Oh, I don't think it was that much, was it? <laughs> <laughs> you think it was less? <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> I don't know, but it's at 153 bucks or something now. So. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. All right. Uh, what else have I got in the news section? Uh, oh, I just want to remind everyone that we're doing a Zoom call this week for QAV Club subscribers anyway. Live Zoom call. Uh, you should know about it. If you're a club subscriber and you don't know about it, email me as soon as you hear this because by the time you hear this, it'll probably be happening. Mm. <laughs> I'll get this out on Tuesday morning. It's happening Tuesday night, 6.30 p.m. Brisbane time. Uh, whatever that is, 7.30 Melbourne, Sydney, uh, 1986 in Perth and um, <laughs> half an hour into the future, I think, in uh, Adelaide. So uh, just, uh, yeah, jump on Zoom and there's no agenda. A few people have had a couple of questions they might want to ask, but I think people will probably want to get you, particularly the new folks that jump on, might want you to do a couple of three PTLs uh, mm-hmm. live and uh, they're always fun, always a good time. Yeah, good. The Gronies at the ready too, everyone. Well, that's the end of the free episode for this week. For the brand new folks, I want you to know that each week we have a free episode and a premium episode. Free episode runs about half an hour. Premium episode usually runs for an extra half hour to an hour, depending on how many questions we have from our audience that week, because we spend a lot of that time answering questions. Uh, If you want to check out the premium episodes, you can go up to our website, qavpodcast.com.au and sign up for the two-week free trial. You get to have a look at the uh, premium episodes. You get to have a look at the checklist, the getting started guide, all of the video content that we have. Uh, You get invited to our VIP dinners and our VIP Zoom calls for club members. You get to ask Tony questions that we can answer. You get to get invited to our uh, Facebook group, our private Facebook group, etc., etc. So, And also we get a, a private uh, club member newsletter each week we send out as well with some stuff in it. So check that out, qavpodcast.com.au. But as I said, if you're brand new and you wanna, you're want to, you trying to figure out what's going on, go back and listen to Season 3, Episodes 1, 3, and 5, 301, 303, and 305. And then you might also want to go back and listen to Season 1, as well, all of the free episodes in season one, where we go into a lot of detail about Tony's system and methodology and figure out if this is right for you, if it's something that you want to go further with, if you want to learn how to invest like Tony does, then you can check out the uh, QAV Club. Uh, the other thing I always have to say is we're not financial advisors, so don't take anything you hear on this as financial advice. This is just here to teach how one guy invests and thinks about investing. If you need financial advice or tax advice, please go see a financial advisor or tax advisor. Uh, With that, stay safe. Good luck with your investing. And we'll be back next week. 